Sometimes, when you're lost in thought, you would rather not find yourself. Are you ready to explore possible answers to curious questions? And to delve into the depths of our subconscious dreamscape. Neither are we, but we're going to try. My name's Jonathan. My name is Quinn. And I'm Brennan. And this is Zoned Out. All right. Hello, listeners. We've had uh, Some just difficulty. a small amount of <laughs> difficulties <laughs> trying to record a new episode for you guys, but um, we hope we're you doing enjoy. it. We're getting it done. Yeah. We hope you enjoy uh, we're bringing yeah. you yet another new episode with uh, hopefully interesting topics. Yeah, and so, a new guest. Um, new guest. Yes, another indeed. guest. We have we have our friend Brennan here with us. Brennan, introduce uh, yourself. Hi, I'm Brennan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's uh, that's all you. That's the only prerequisite knowledge you need for this. Um. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like, mean, we could tell them I. that we recorded an episode with Brennan. We did, but. But it is another lost episode. I think that's three and counting now, if I remember properly. Yep, I think it is three and (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, maybe you can tell just off of the way we're talking. We've had some difficulty. This is our second time. But no matter, we still have more things to talk about. (laughs) Indeed. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Infinite infinite possibilities. So... Before I actually introduce the topic, I'm going to introduce this. Uh, I'm going to relate it to something that happens in a movie that I think you probably both have seen. Interstellar. Have both of you seen uh, it? I have seen uh, Interstellar. Kind of most of it. Kind of most yeah. of it? Okay, so then let me just explain some. Let me just explain it, okay? All right, okay. Um, How the fuck? <laughs> Matthew, McConaughey's character, Matthew McConaughey's character is just on Earth, and the planet is dying. We're running out of resources. We can't sustain, like... Um, the production of crops for pretty much any resources so then the population will eventually just starve so mm, um i might actually have Na- <laughs> nasa let's not worry about that right now nasa <laughs> um has this mission to go colonize uh planets like in distant galaxies is it nasa in uh, the movie too yeah nasa's in the movie yep <laughs> that's actually that's pretty dope okay Damn, they got all of NASA. anyway <laughs> yeah they yes, brought nasa in. NASA's, yeah. not, nasa's not that big anymore it's sort of just like an underground operation because of basically like how much resources are available there uh, and how like many people are without food they they thought the public would just be completely outraged by the existence and funding of nasa oh okay um, even, so even like, more oh, than they already base. are right now so they had to yeah. step up to the plate so they okay. so it's basically <laughs> just like completely underground nice. so anyway uh nasa commissions matthew mcconaughey's character who's like uh, used to be like a pilot with them to pilot this mission to go through like a warm a wormhole at Jupiter to a distant galaxy and a planet that's like are going around a black hole which wh- whether whether or not that sounds like actually feasible in reality remains to be seen but forget about it the point is he has to leave his family on earth to save humanity as a whole mm, for future generations interesting so this is sort of like a moral dilemma does he does he leave his family and risk not even finding a viable planet just to, you know, like have human have humanity as a species survive, or does he stay in on Earth that is dying with his family and just live out their lives and then just be the end of that? So, what do you what do you guys think? Is he is he morally obligated to to go pilot this mission and bring these like five thousand? Uh, stasis embryos to some distant planet to start up a population of humans on the other side of the universe or should he stay with his family 
and just be a father to his children and wait and you know just mm. just enjoy the days he has left as humanity just slowly dies out <laughs> i mean i gotta give it to this guy for doing it anyways inside the movie because man he has some moral agency to him to yeah, take nuts. like that action over staying with your family because your family is going to be some of the closest individuals that are ever going to come across you in your life if you're fortunate enough to have that and for him to just leave that all behind for the sense of saving humanity as a whole which isn't even guaranteed like man i think this guy like as far as moral aptitude goes, he must be high on the charts. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that idea of like in the individual and society, and like if the in the individual's obligations overpower societies, then I think he would have stayed with his family. But he feels so much for this mm. this greater cause that he gives up what he loves most and does I arguably the right thing. Are there areas in your life where you think that? as a whole your individual like obligations trump over societal obligations like uh, where in that life does that happen for you i don't know that's one of the most difficult questions to ask like <laughs> and i think about it constantly because it's like if the society was working to the individual's advantage then there would be no need for the individual to to try to trump them because they their needs would match that of the society but <laughs> that's not what happens in our everyday lives usually. It's it's we have obligations and then like specifically there's instances where someone and I don't I think every person experiences this is where like maybe you're in a, like a social setting and you just act out of character like mm. so to a degree that like you you look back and you don't understand why you did that and people around you are like you're so stupid like why would you do that? But that is a part of you. And I don't know if that's so much the same thing as the individual going against the society. But sometimes people do things that just don't align with anything. Like yeah. just random things. And maybe that's a part of just being alive and being human mm. and having the ability to make choices. Yeah. But sometimes you got to look back and those choices, I don't know, man. They're not always good. <laughs> They're not always for everyone's benefit and sometimes not even to your own benefit because like it'll, it'll like negatively impact you even if you thought it was going to like like imagine screwing someone over to get some money right like mm -hmm. in the moment you're you're feeling you might feel bad about yourself and then you get the money in the long run and then it might hit you later on what i did was not right and the guilt might trip you back mm -hmm. up you know what i mean yeah yeah it, so it's like it's never an easy easy answer to that question i feel no um definitely not and i mean that actually makes me think of uh this line from a song and uh basically this guy says how many know you can't walk away like how many people know that you can't walk away and i guess what that means is that inside of your circumstance that you're in right now how many people truly know that you wouldn't just like leave everything for example, if I was just like, man, I want to get out here I, and I, COVID wasn't happening and let's say airports were available, then I could just like book a flight yeah. and leave my family, right? So how many people inside of like uh, that I interact with on a daily basis, how many people know that I can't walk away from like where I am, uh, that I couldn't just leave them at any moment? Because they could think that I would never do that. But like in my mind, I know that if I really wanted to, like 
I'd do it. Just, <laughs> just leave everything, right? So I feel like that's a cool yeah. question for Matt. It was pro- basically, it was basically a question that Matthew McConaughey defied, I guess. Because yeah. how many people know you can't walk away? Well, his like family might have thought that he would never walk away, but he did. So they didn't yeah. know. They weren't a part of that list. And I feel like if you have people in that list, like they must be super important to you. If they fit like the category of somebody who knows you can't walk away, if you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. And what you said, Brennan, is is kind of like tied into that because you're thinking about what aspects about my life are worth staying for or do I feel like I would never leave, which yeah. must be profound to you, like if that's like a circumstance. So it's probably a difficult question to answer on the spot. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like to think about it, like how many things in your life are there right now that you, you would be like unwilling to drop? Like mm-hmm. it's especially now like i feel like a lot of people don't have like super steady values in their lives um it's it's a it's a difficult question yeah and i I like um like jonathan i have a feeling that you're saying that like um from a perspective of removing material like um uh attraction inside of your life i guess you could say for lack of better words uh better word than attraction is is that what is that what you're kind of getting at like by saying no um what do you mean i i would that okay your reasoning for saying that you there's nothing inside of your life that would like cause you to stay there you would always yes. feel like you could leave at any moment well i meant like if the if the need to leave was great enough i, I could uh like if i felt like i was obligated to leave for whatever reason then i, oh, I don't think it would be that yeah. that difficult to just you know just get up and say okay that's a that's I a different perspective i didn't even think about that like things having an impact on you suddenly out of nowhere which I guess is like kind of the time that we're in now with COVID, really. Yeah, it's a different thing that's suddenly entered our lives, suddenly making like us I'll, think different. Say I continued with university and I was like in a grad program for biology, and okay. um, it had to do with the environment and environmental sustainability of like some certain, uh, like new scientific research, new uh, ruminating bacteria that can turn uh, corn into ethanol extremely efficiently. And could be used to replace gasoline type thing or, so, or some, I don't know, just that's, a, that's just an example. But whatever, say that, that there was some, an opportunity, some, some fellow scientist, uh, research scientist was like, we need your help to go to this country and you need to leave everything and help with this like research because uh, we're trying to find solutions to, you know, climate change and solutions to like efficiency of like energy efficiency and resource management and whatnot for the foreseeable future. So like will you leave and come help us do that we're close to figuring out we need your help then i'd be like hell yeah goodbye everyone i'm gonna leave and now that's help such a specific example <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying still, like, still, i was trying yeah, to yeah. present a situation where there might be the slightest chance that i feel like i'm obligated to help you know what i mean because i can't think of many other situations where i feel like i'd be obligated to leave yeah that's a pretty rather than, rather than just wanting to leave. <laughs> that's a pretty like big situation like like yeah. quite an elaborate situation for you to be leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I think I could be uh, motivated with a lot less incentive. <laughs> well, I yeah. Well, yeah. But there's there's always the possibility of coming back in true like, situ- in yeah. another situation. We can imagine. Like for example, if I if I found out about this volunteer opportunity for this humanitarian crisis uh, across the world, I'd be like, okay, sure, that sounds like fun. It doesn't mean I can't. It doesn't mean like I will never come back to my family. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's the same with the scientific research. It might take, like, 
four years, but you'll uh, <laughs> you'll see your family again. And you can even when you're doing the research, you can still be in contact with your family. Mm. Depending on what humanitarian crisis it is, you won't have access to communication. You'll be busy constantly. So I guess it just depends. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. You you know you know I was thinking when you first like brought up Interstellar, I was thinking mm-hmm. about physicists being hired by. I don't know which company a part of like a movie making process would hire a physicist, but some part of it hires physicists to look at the different things that happen in the movie to see if they make scientific sense to some sort of degree. Like people actually do that. Wouldn't that be a like, wouldn't that be a sick job? That'd be so sick. Well, one of the executive producers of Interstellar was is a physicist, so like lots of uh, that makes sense. I I would hope that lots lots of stuff in Interstellar is scientifically like accurate. (laughs) But there's a few things that don't make that much sense and are just used like as plot devices. But but lots of the movie is very interestingly so accurate to this like accurate to reality. So if, like according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, Interstellar is the first uh, major motion picture to actually um, utilize and depict Einstein's relativity on the screen. So the fact that like there are when they're when they're close to the black hole, time passes differently uh, to them than it would back on Earth, and basically like. Matthew McConaughey's character keeps receiving video messages. Uh, like, he receives video messages from his children who are, like, older than him now. And, like, he becomes, like, a grandfather and then he loses, like, children that he never even knew he had. It's, it's a very interesting interesting concept explored in the movie. What, what you were saying, Brennan? Um, no, I was just thinking, like, have, you guys have seen the movie, right? Yeah, about a while ago, I, man. Not gonna lie. Okay, do you remember that part a lot of where... It. I don't even know what I, – I don't remember if he's flying through it, but there's, like, a period of, like – I think it's a montage when the music picks up and it's, like, like you, you know how it goes, like, into a – That happens a few times. And he's he flies he's into a black through, hole. like, like dimensions, and there's, like, giant – Yeah, 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 yeah. like, yeah. bookshelves and shit. And I'm, he, like – Yeah, he flies into a bl- that, center of a black hole. And he, he reaches trippy, this, like, tesseract The most shit. trippy experiences <laughs> you could depict on – like. And the weirdest yeah. movie to expect it yeah. in a space movie, I remember seeing, like, mirrored imagery, like, constantly. And I have no idea how that relates to physics. I just thought it looked really cool. So, like, do you guys – is that, like, a dimension? I, I'm not sure. I guess they were trying to depict, like, the fourth dimension visualized as the third dimension would be from, like, a third-dimensional perspective type thing mm. on the screen. But it, do- it doesn't actually relate to – like, what is theorized would happen if you if you yeah. like were went past oh, the event horizon of a black hole? Uh, although people are just grasping at straws in, in terms of that department, but I, I don't think scientists think that you would just you know like start seeing your life start flying. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. You you'd probably just turn it to spaghetti or something. <laughs> yeah, spaghettification. <laughs> yeah, That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, as far as they know, you just you get obliterated. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it is cool as. Honestly, yeah, like Brennan, man, that's that scene. Like, I haven't even watched a movie in a long time, and I still remember that scene as being very cool. Like some of the imagery. Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah, I think there's one part where he's like falling through water, and then like he breaks through the surface underneath the water. I might be thinking of something completely different. But <laughs> I think he, <laughs> he might like, be. He like breaks the surface of the water under the water and comes through into the air or something. I don't know. I think that's another okay, movie. Maybe I'm just making anyway, it up, but that'd be sick. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to use this this, this uh, moral dilemma type situation of, you know, like being presented with the opportunity to save humanity, at, but you have to sacrifice, like, 
being with your family, you have to abandon them. So what would we do? Is what you're to saying? explain the concept. No, I was going to relate it to the concept, the philosophical concept of antidatalism. Oh, oh okay. Yes. So, yeah, like you said, it's arguable whether or not Matthew McConaughey's character in, the, in that situation is obligated to work for society. to go and try to colonize humanity. Yeah. And exactly why it is arguable is how I like I'm going to argue the other side of it um, by explaining this this concept of antinatalism. So basically, uh, listeners, I've like talked about this with with Quinn and Brennan in the past, but I'll explain it for you guys. Um, Basically, it's the philosophical belief that we are obligated, morally obligated, to abstain from producing, from from procreating and producing more sentient life because sentient life has the capacity to experience great suffering. And if you never have, if you never have children in the first place, then they will never experience suffering. And that it's just that basic concept. And you may be thinking like, oh well, if you don't have children, you're depriving them of a life of joy. Well, you're not really depriving them of anything if you if they are never born. So that's basically the the core tenet of that concept it they don't you you lose nothing having never been born but you could potentially experience great suffering having been born so it's logical to just abstain from having children entirely it's, um, it's kind of pessimistic though uh well i, I would say it's uh, the, 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 i pretty i'm pretty sure david benatar the i'm pretty sure his name is david benatar it's either david or stephen benatar but He's a, it's a South African philosopher who recently wrote a text on this concept of antinatalism called Better Never to Have Been. He explains that hum, like the majority of humans, maybe he uses uh, some scientific research, some sociological research to back this up. I don't know, actually know. You're going to have to read the book for that. But, he, but his argument basically is that humans are inherently more optimistic and more optimistic than realistic. This, this translates to them, them having children. They assume that they will be able to support, like they will be able to supply their child with a with a with a great life, mm-hmm. and completely discount yeah. the the possibility that regardless of what they try to do, their child could still suffer, which is a which is a possibility. Yeah, but uh, uh, I think there's like a, another side to life that isn't realistic. It's like um, it's like making that isn't logical. That isn't, that isn't logical, isn't. but I think it's completely normal to not be logical about things because like. It, it I, yeah, I agree sense. that it's it normal. Whether or not it's right is it remains to be seen, but I agree that it's normal, yeah. Yeah, so, like, we kind of spiritualize things that happen in our lives that are, like, real events, and we make, like, myths out <laughs> of them. Yes. And, like, this uh-huh. is where, like, a lot of folklore comes Coincidence? from. Coincidence? Coincidence. The existence of coincidence? Luck, randomness. Yeah. Like, and it, it's these little tales we tell ourselves that give things meaning, like, to us, because then things happen mm. for a reason. But the thing with this belief I, I just find it inherent, like super nihilistic, because like, yeah, you're a hundred percent right, but there is a chance that you're just completely wrong too, because like, there's just as many bad things as good things in life, and it's truly about how the person perceives them that leads to, like, the outcomes of their future. Because if they keep perceiving that bad things are going to happen, I I truly believe that's what they're going to see everything. Like a good thing can happen to you, and you'll think it'll be bad just because that's how you're perceiving everything. So, like, I just think that it's a way of looking at life that's uh, not... It may be realistic, but it's not... Um, I don't want to say not healthy, but it's not, like, profitable for the individual. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think what you're saying, it's not profitable for an individual to, to adopt this view of antinatalism because it is so so pessimistic yeah. and nihilistic that it actually diminishes the, the like, joy and yeah, experience the, of their own the, life. Yes. Not... not in the future maybe not, Forget, like maybe not 
Forget yeah. about them having ch their children's life because they wouldn't have one, but you're saying for the individual that adopts yeah, this it's a very, of antinatalism. I, I think it's a very heavy-handed belief. Like, it's something, once you kind of assert yourself, it's hard to deny it in any respect. And it takes kind of the fun out of, like, not knowing things because, like, suddenly you, you just have this absolute thing in your head, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> it, it makes life more difficult. Like, that's one of the main reasons why... I don't think I could ever undertake something like a belief that large. Although I like have considered it and I've thought about it, I just think it doesn't lead to favorable outcomes. Uh, okay, that's like well, you mean you mean favorable outcomes for the, for individual, the individual, not like for for the entirety of society. Yeah. Because what you're saying before about individual needs versus societal yeah. needs, if you put that, if you look at that through a lens of antinatalism, antinatalism would would be more of a societal thing than individual needs. Because uh, although the basic belief of antinatalism is just logically explained by you know the in, the individual being the child the, their capacity to suffer it also is supported by the concept that more people on earth means more mouths to feed more resources used more like accelerated yeah. climate change accelerated extinction of other species and just increased suffering for everyone yeah so which is another reason to adopt antinatalism but what were you going to say Quinn? That's an interesting perspective of what you've just said yeah. because it's applied to us inside of this modern context of what we believe to be a possibility of the future inflicting us yeah. as a result of our actions right now. But the only reason that our actions are capable of causing a negative result is because there's so much of us and because of the technology that we have access to and because of the living styles of many individuals, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of the day, like that, it's not all like, us too like industry but it's all yeah. interconnected as you know so yeah yes, that's yes. like it's interesting that you're more inclined to choose that belief system because of where we are now when if you're inside of a if and it's yeah. it's also interesting Actually, because yeah. we could have the same we could have the same population right now but if we didn't know that we were committing i guess you could say an act of climate change if we were ignorant to that then you would be less yes. inclined to adopt antinatalism that is without a doubt true with, with me personally yeah. although that i don't think that applies to the the author of this book better never to have been this philosophy oh philosopher yeah we're, like we're, I, regardless he, i haven't read the book so i'm, I'm very ill-educated on him and yeah. his things but yeah for like what you yeah, said the, the first thing i explained about antinatalism which is just like the logic of it and the fact that it doesn't matter what the situation is sentient life will always have the capacity to experience suffering and yeah. to never have been born is objectively better what would Brennan said about it being pessimistic and, and uh, nihilistic, I actually would not call myself a pessimist or a nihilist. I think I am an optimist. You could you could be, but I'm just saying I, I feel like the type of people that would undertake that belief are the same people that are like, life isn't worth living, so why continue it? It's like it's like a cycle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Well, if someone has that belief, Brennan, know, then for I them know, it would have been better never to have been born. So they, they are their, their argument is still but sound. But continuing <laughs> that belief, you're only going to make it – like. It's such an absolute. Do you think that everyone's thing. perception is within their control, Brennan? No, I don't. That's the thing. Like, I, I certainly exactly I really don't believe in free will. To be honest, like, when we're talking, about human, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the fence about it too. About human about agency, it. like, if society was at risk, like everything, and like we're talking about, like, if you would leave your family or not, I think most people would probably not leave their family because that's where everything is stored <laughs> in their lives and. You can kind of leave that up to free will, but you can also say, well, they've been raised by their family through generations. They could feel more connected to their family, and their family has made more of their choices. So depending on that individual's upbringing, 
they'll be more likely to help in society or not. And then, like, free will is, like, kind of just a mind, like, I can yeah. I just, can I swear? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's... Yeah, you can say whatever it, you Yeah, want. it's a complete mind fuck. Because, like, everything that leads <laughs> up to that moment could have contributed, contributed to you having that belief. And it's, like, yep. everything. Like, your parents being good to you, your parents helping you with this, someone saying this to you, like... Everything is like we are sponges, and what we put out, like all the water that you wring out of that sponge, is like that's us. Like it's just everyone <laughs> else, you know. And then it ju- it it leads, yeah. and then other sponges pick it up, and it just keeps going. Like, <laughs> and it, it's really interesting. But antinatalism, it just hurts my head. Like I don't feel good personally <laughs> having that belief. You know, like it it's a it's a dangerous one. I think. Well, what's the danger of it, really, though? You, th- you think, uh, okay, yeah, we've talked about it in the past. So I think okay. you, I think I know your answer to this, but but yeah, what do you think is the danger okay, of anti so so, so so I'm gonna bring up China. You know, everyone loves mm-hmm. China. <laughs> when they they're when, not anti they just decrease the but, number of children. They, they didn't did, eliminate when they it. Dec- when they start saying you can't yeah. have as many children, what happened? Yeah. How many children died? That's like, okay, a child dying has to be like negative 100 anti-natalist points that's got to be like so <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> i think i don't think any anti-natalist who actually like prescribes to the uh, subscribes to the um and aligns with the philosophical belief itself believes in in, ena- in enacting like actual violence to kill children at all it's just it's just abstaining from procreating it's not killing anyone it's a completely non-violent philosophy okay but what do you do if people have kids and then they're like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you do nothing. Well, it's shit, a, it's an individual thing. Fuckers, so what are we gonna do? It's, a, it's an individual thing. Okay, I guess. I think okay. I'm there's a, there is a group. And, yeah. I've explained it to you in the past, but for the listeners, there's a group. I don't think I've mentioned it to Quinn though. There is a group called Vehement, and it's an acronym V H E M N T or wait, yeah, it's called the uh, Voluntary Human Extinction Movement. <laughs> I'm sorry. The what? <laughs> Voluntary <laughs> human extinct. It's a group of antinatalists that basically have come together and created an argument for why we should kill ourselves. You know, <laughs> no, not kill ourselves. Not kill ourselves. What? Not kill ourselves. Wait, what do you mean by extinction, then, man? Dude, Quinn, if nobody has kids, humans go extinct. It's that simple. Okay. It's just an antinatalism. Okay, aren't there? Okay, why you're undertaking this belief to heal the planet, right? Because I'm not saying I believe in uh, that everyone needs to okay, adopt antinatalism. I'm just saying, aren't there I'm other just ways to accomplish that these people this goal exist. of fixing the planet than just like stop fucking? Well, th- <laughs> fixing fixing the planet is only one of the pieces of of like evidence they use, or pe- the, one of the arguments they use to support this this voluntary human extinction another one is obviously the 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 original like the core antinatalist belief which is I've, I've said it over and over and over again now that it's better to not have been born if you're a sentient creature i think freddie which Mercury is what they believe never been born at all yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, huge freddie mercury fan myself uh. yeah. so if you look at this interstellar situation from the lens of antinatalism you could argue that it's his moral responsibility because he has the he he controls the future of the human race right now. Like it's in his hands. Yeah, he, he can decide should it end or should it continue. Antinatalist would say end it, dumbass. But uh, anybody else was anybody else would say come on, humanity must okay. prevail. We must go on to explore the stars and conquer 
the universe and explore what's explore okay. like continue yeah, to question reality and explore things and yeah colonialism sure like, colonialism okay okay so what is happening to the earth is it just dying or is it going to explode like what why does he have to save it this so this, look at it this way there is no viable soil on all of the planet and crops cannot be grow crops cannot grow plants will not grow so humans cannot live humans will all starve so by not having kids how does that help there is no future generation that will have to starve what okay but isn't starving a matter but, of perspective <laughs> what are you okay. saying okay let me go i haven't really... eaten in three weeks but if i imagine that i just had a meal i'm fine okay <laughs> brennan you're trying okay, to tell me that the, hey, hey, hey. while we brennan while we hey. while we had this while we had this conversation brennan approximately like 300 children starved <laughs> is that a matter of perspective <laughs> Is that a matter of perspective? Okay, what what me, kind of what? What are you talking about? Okay, so during the troubles in Ireland, okay, I love Ireland. I'm hard yeah. Irish. Potatoes, potatoes. Yes. As am I. They didn't get their potatoes. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. They, they were treated very poorly by the British. So a fair amount of people went on hunger hunger strike. Okay, and like some of them went for like sixty days and then they died. So I'm just saying, you can live a fairly long time, like. <laughs> Brandon, there's a difference between between using your moral agency to enact a protest and deprive yourself of food with literally intent, than literally just being like, "Damn, I want some food. Where is it?" And starving. That's not the. That's not the same. Okay. I wouldn't exactly right, yeah, say, you're right. you're say right. those things are the same. I'm, I'm off track here. I'm sorry. All right. Um, but I think you you have an interesting point. Is it possible to enjoy life? with constant when you're when you're suffering like to an extreme extent constantly and just like you're eventually you're about to die like you're i don't know it's arguable (laughs) topic because some people um and i I I think we should explore free will more because like i think that i I just we we talked about yeah talk about free will because no say what you're gonna say okay so there's this i found this really interesting and kind of depressing to be honest so a bit of a a warning for um, listeners, uh, with just a warning. So there's in Sweden, there was this dude who was like clinically depressed and living with his parents and Mm -hmm. he opted to commit suicide, but he wanted to do it with his family. And he was like 30 year old. He's completely fine. It was just, his mental health was so terrible that everything he did just didn't have meaning. And the government legalized it. So he was like, I don't want to say he was put to death, but he was able to commit suicide with his family because of his depression. Because his depression was so. You mean like severe. he was he was able to get euthanized in his home with his family yeah. there? You mean or like his whole family uh, died? I, no, no, no. No, he, I he thought you meant they killed them. They killed all of them and they killed him. They okay, the, yeah, euthanasia. The, the poison into his oh, own. and yeah, and euthanasia. It wasn't because what? of an existing oh, medical. Like, okay, there, it was because of a mental health um, condition. Which is really yes. scary because you talk about depression and, and when you like talk to people with it, usually what you want to fix is like um, their environment, what they're thinking, their thought processes. But for all those things to be perfect and yet still he could not feel happiness is like a really scary thought to me. Because that means that like this, this, Ill- this mental illness was so yeah, so severe agree, that Brennan. nothing is terrifying could help it like nothing the the belief that there's the belief that it's a possibility that 
for whatever reason, you could your brain could just be in a state of you can't you you cannot do anything to do yeah. to help it, and you are just experiencing just nothing has meaning and you're constantly stuck in that the well that despair. I can't it, I can't exactly describe it with words, but I mean if you listeners I I yeah this trigger warning this this, this, trigger this took warning. a turn. And I hope none of you have experienced anything yeah. so terrible. And if you are, please but if you any of you have lost a loved one, you yeah. you probably have can relate to the feeling. If you, I'm just the the thought that 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 extreme despair and and depression and just just agony yeah. would be indefinite and without remedy is beyond terrifying. It, but yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. Like because then it's hopefully it's it fully happen. up to like. I don't know how you 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 can't fi- like you can't fix it because it's already been done, which is a, a really terrifying thought. Um, well, what you're saying about th- that that thought is pessimistic. Yeah, very pessimistic. It is, the, no, like, it is extremely pessimistic. If if you were experiencing, it, if you were currently experiencing it, and you had that belief, then who can blame you, right? Yeah. Because um, like like you said, like depending on your circumstances and like neurochemistry at, the, oh, yeah. at any given yeah, moment yeah. like that can affect whether or not you are optimistic or pessimistic or you know just stuck in this like you know just feeling like trapped and feeling like you but right now you and I are outside of this and not experiencing yeah. it so we are capable of of being optimistic about it and thinking to ourselves you know like one hopefully that never happens and two right now we know that if we experience great sadness. We have there is still hope to you know get out of it and still hope to. Systems. There's people to help you. Yeah. Um. A lot of people have hobbies that they like to do. But th- but that just like speaks leaps and bounds to basically just. Yeah. Appreciating the one's happiness things. and even if you're not even if you're not too even if you're not ecstatic with life and it, it being like extremely joyful constantly, I'm still grateful that I'm not experiencing that. Yeah. It puts things in perspective, basically just knowing that that is a possibility. I feel like some people don't even understand that possibility. Some people, some people have are completely ignorant, and I am I am happy for yeah. them. They are ignorant to that to that experience. They are ignorant to to that you know that suffering that because, that pain. Yeah, because people would be like, oh, he just needs to get out more or do these things. They don't. They those people are out of touch. Yeah. They, <laughs> and it's another. It's a larger discussion of me- like mental health, right? Because like. I don't think people really realize how much of an effect their thoughts have on them, which is another thing. If like, if we don't have free will and our th- our thoughts and actions are dictated by what other people do to us, then like your your thought patterns like could like just be completely whack, and you can't control them. And like, it. it <laughs> how do you be happy? I don't know. I'm kind of losing my train of thought. I medication, medication hopefully. Um, I don't know, but like that 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 experience isn't unanimous. That doesn't work for everyone, but yeah. it's still, it's still a, an avenue for, for change. Because at that point, at that point, well, usually, well, yeah. anything that can change the can change your mindset. It doesn't matter what through what means it has to be done. At that point, like, it's got to be better than, yeah. than, and the, like people, know. I feel still don't treat mental health as important as physical health. With respect, yeah, and, it, and that's it's, weird. 
it's a really weird it's thing. arguably more important yeah and i feel like because, just because a, a larger majority of people don't ever have that experience where they're 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 like having trouble in their mental state like that they're so i feel like a, a lot of people them. do but they just don't know what to how to deal yeah. with it that's why that's how Actually, i feel that makes sense too I think I think lots of people do experience it, but they don't. One, they don't. Maybe they think it's uh, um, just the way life is. Because I've heard people say that specific to them, they don't think people can relate to them. They think that they don't really understand what's going on. Yeah. They just so many questions unanswered. I don't. It's it, uh, I <laughs> hopefully uh, they're. Oh my Johnny, god! Wait! 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 So, uh, listeners, let's just change the subject. Um, free will versus not free will. We've talked. Quinn and I have touched on it in the past. We've touched on determinism in the past. Quinn, um, okay, I was listening to one of your podcasts a while ago, and yes, I heard Quinn yes, say okay. that he does believe in free will, and I was curious what is if he still ha- holds that belief for like. Oh, oh, free will. I honestly, I don't think I've thought about it in a while, to be honest, but. For free will, like, I remember my old view on free will was more or less uh, along along the lines of a counter-argument to something that I had heard that would suggest that we don't have free will. And what I heard, uh, you can think of for yourself, two listeners. Um, what if your subconscious mind controlled everything that you did without you knowing about it? And that every single action that you ever make physically is nothing more than your subconscious making movement with yourself or doing various different things. And your Mm -hmm. conscious mind telling you yourself that you are the one who chose to do it. And as a repeated exercise of your entire life of thinking that all of of owning all your moments as as soon as they happen, you own that and you think that you did it. And then as life goes by, you just have memories of these moments. So you never really know like that you actually didn't do it and it was just your subconscious mind the whole time and you'd never have control and inside of that aspect i i find it interesting now looking back on it because it's it it's a cool it's a cool idea and uh, it seems it seems to me like i would rather be on the other side of the fence and i think this like is probably what brennan would say for like being just like happier because i don't want to think that exactly. my subconscious is control- yeah. controlling me like that you yeah. know like i don't yeah, think yeah. it would give give me a yes. good peace okay. of mind but yes. at mm. at the same time like this whole idea is just it impacts it just feels like one of those concrete things that is at the very like bottom support level of keeping up like everything that has to do with what you think and what you do it's yeah. just so it a, base yes. level sure. you know i think it was a free a study will. by the american psych uh yeah. psychological association that basically um showed that in this study group teenagers who were ta- taught about determinism were more likely to cheat <laughs> <laughs> teenagers teenagers who were taught that there's a possibility that we do not yeah. we do not have free will increases their chances of cheating increase it because they it eliminates responsibility and, sort of yeah, yeah. And, which which doesn't that doesn't disprove determinism no. in fact that actually would argue for determinism because it, you predictably can say because of me teaching you about this it, it, it affects it, it your behavior you in this way which like is this. which is which is a deterministic yeah. viewpoint 
but it's it's just funny that that, that teenagers were like, oh, determinism. I cheat. <laughs> I can't control it. It's not me. I think it's the heart of how you perceive the things that happen to you, right? That's 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 really I, where I, I mean, get paint to with well, that. Well, yeah. At the yeah. same time, there's gonna be a lot of individual discrepancy to how oh, you yeah. approach thinking about this concept, yeah. right? So, like, for some, yep. although I may see it as being extremely important and at the base of a lot of the ways that I think, for another person, it, it could mean very little. I, I and I find. I find that this opens up interesting avenues for things that affect people psychologically because I, I feel as if there are many things that affect people more than just psychologically and anyway, really. But I think that there's things that affect us that we don't know about all the time. And some of those are very interesting. Having yeah. something that can influence you or I guess it, in lay terms, have a hold on you in a moment where you don't know that it's happening and it could yeah. be like prolonged yeah, yeah, yeah. or not. This makes me think about how, like, the importance of forgiving yourself. Forgiving yeah. yourself. Just, how people just find it so difficult, so so impossible to forgive themselves for things that like... they've done. But And accepting the way that you are, yeah. too. Like, forgiving yourself and accepting your current, your current, the way that you are. So, listeners, if you're having trouble with that, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly how much I can help <laughs> you, but just, just believe me, dude. Like, <laughs> yes, forgive yes, yourself. And it's 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 absolute self forgiveness. There's no going halfway with it. Um, Quinn, what were you? Mm-hmm. What were you yeah, we were we were talking we were talking about like um, if Brennan, you were talking about the difference between looking at something logically or not the difference, but looking at things logically and how it could have an effect on your life. Yeah. And I think this deals with this a lot because inside of our everyday lives most of the time if you think like this if you think retrospectively you think about yourself in the past and i'm sure that everyone everybody's thought about themselves retrospectively a couple times like it's pretty natural and when you look back at yourself you develop an understanding based off of the information that's still available to you on a moment in the past and with that information you can come to conclusions and you can develop uh, emotions that are associated yeah. with different moments and, like, and uh, what you've an, did an identity in a way this is why keeping yeah. a diary is whack as fuck that's basically yeah. life <laughs> yeah so if you if you if any of you guys have a diary like and you haven't read why it in a while, go back and read like the entries from like years ago and you will literally have yeah, an aneurysm. True. You will, your mind will be blown. I'm telling you guys before, like listeners, kind of guys and girls or non-binary listeners, I respect all of you. Um, what, I, what I wanted to say before, and I just like couldn't say it, I guess, is that this, what this will show you is that we as humans are constantly changing and constantly evolving and constantly learning and constantly growing. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't look back at the, look back at what even what you've just done and be too different yes, on yes. yourself and be too unforgiving. Uh, there's a good you, to, 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 every single moment yeah. in the present moment is an opportunity to change and an opportunity to do new things. There's and a learn really good things. and the next yeah. day could be vastly different from today. So forgive yourself and keep trying to do what you want to do for yourself and live your best life and don't look back. Look forward. Forgive yourself. Accept yourself. Yeah. And you are be optimistic. You are, that, that's, yeah. the, that's the message. I'm going to steal this great Alan, Alan Watts quote. Um, you are not the same person <laughs> you are five minutes ago. Or you were five minutes ago. And I, I, I love that. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I was, I was going to add like that when you're like looking back on yourself, that's what made sense to me from what Brandon said. Because sometimes your logical conclusion about like 
what you did in the past could be that it makes logical sense to judge yourself or think ill about yourself. And that logic yeah. can lead to a lower quality of life or uh, different types of emotions in the present you and future you, right? Yeah. So sometimes even becomes, something submitted yeah. in your logic messes with you. <laughs> it becomes illogical to hurt yourself that much and to put so yes. much weight on that experience. From an outside perspective, yeah. yeah. You're like, why would you do that, right? Like, But when you you're in back, it, you never know. Yeah, and like sometimes you spend so much time working towards something and like, you you perceive it to be the best in the world and then the, when you step away from it and you give it time you look back and you're like i spent so much time working for something yeah that in the oh moment man. i thought was so worth it and now i'm brandon, like brandon yo <laughs> brandon this is literally like getting in like for me it was university like or choosing what you wanted to do after high school <laughs> it was it was like it's this giant like cascaded event that your whole like it's like your whole life up into the moment was like meant for this like this is all, all it is it's like you got to choose where you're going biggest biggest decision ever it's a door you got to open it and 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 everything we're gonna do is centralized around that door yeah, yeah. your entire life your the entire your entire future until you die yeah. will, be de will depends <laughs> on this moment this cataclysmic moment yeah. and depending on what you choose that will have effects you can never even imagine <laughs> Every, everything lies on, everything is resting on this moment everything your entire life jonathan you must choose <laughs> and then you get depending and then you get you through choose, the door people will, be born, people will die people will suffer people okay, will Johnny, strive okay, depending on what you choose Damn, jonathan yeah, but I'm just saying, as soon as you get through that door, like, I don't know if you, if any listeners are uh, inside of the education system and haven't gotten to grade 12, like the end of grade 12 yet, then I, you, I hope, I think for everyone, you will realize it's just the door after it's done. <laughs> after it's like everything, it means so much. But once you get through it, you look back at it and you're like, all that was, was a door. Like just the simplest thing, the most That's mundane thing. door. And we and we all we we put so much like thought into this and it and it was so much anticipation for just such a extremely yeah. simple and, and that's, short event. And that's not to 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 hurt on yourself or hate on yourself for putting that much effort and and thought into that getting to that door in the first place. It, all that is completely okay. But to look back on it yeah. and be like, damn, that was a lot of work. But like, I shouldn't have been as stressed as I was. You should. Yeah. You shouldn't be angry with yourself for being stressed at getting to the, to get to that place you know what i mean like yeah because when people make mistakes they look back and they say i'm gonna learn from these i'm gonna learn from these a lot <laughs> yeah and, and it's almost Sometimes, like this yeah. antagonistic point of view where it's like i'm gonna shave parts of myself off that didn't fit in some way whereas like it, life really yeah. isn't like that it's like let's just keep everything and then work with it as we go and keep learning it's 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 not an angry look back. Yeah. yeah. Or you were saying before about like how it's, it may seem logical to be judge, be judgmental. I feel like it's much more logical to not be judgmental of anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I think judgmental. me and you both know that a lot of people are judgmental about themselves. And that would yes, indicate yeah. they is, think that it's logical. That is true. Sadly, that is true. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan, you're a special breed. I feel man. like all of us are, <laughs> I feel like all of us are guilty of that. Wait, what do you mean, different. Dude? I'm just built different, dude. That's what I'm I mean. Built different. Oh, sorry, guys. Yo, guys, my train's coming by. <laughs> okay, listeners, uh, please enjoy this ASMR experience. We call. Can you even hear it? No, we a can't. passing train. No, I didn't really <laughs> I hear it. Imagine Johnny just starts going close to the mic. Okay, listeners. Now uh, we're gonna have an ASMR experience mid-episode. I hope you are enjoying yourselves. I know that what we talked about 
Sorry, you know, it's a little bit sad. A little bit sad. A little bit depressing. You want don't to be worry about don't, don't worry about that, guys. You'll be okay. You will be okay. The trucks are on the way. The sun will rise tomorrow. And it's warmth. We can really get inside. And bring you joy. You must learn to Oh yeah, and uh, so Brennan, I I just uh, I forgot that at the beginning of the podcast we didn't really talk about well, like what you do and, and kind of I guess how it relates to me and Jonathan. Do you, you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm in second year at uh, U of T for architecture. Um, so I'm on more of the art side of things, and uh, yes. yeah, it's been chill. It's been real. And for listeners, that's like a that's that's quite different from me and Jonathan. Me and Jonathan yeah. have been like submitted in <laughs> sciences. Although me and Brandon did take art together in high school, we that did was, take that was art. a good time. Quinn is that great at, at flipping the script and making uh, people be eaten by objects. That was very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I have to tell the listeners about this now. You oh God! Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so, so one of my favorite drawings, <laughs> one of my favorite drawings Quinn has done, is he took a cereal bowl and he filled it with, uh, he filled it with people, right? And then you had like a spoon with a face on it eating the people. Am I wrong? I think it was a, it was actually a spoon and a carton of milk with evil yes. faces, cartoon faces <laughs> on them, and they were standing beside this giant bowl and the. Um, milk carton was holding a human in his hand and squeezing the human and the human was throwing up into the bowl so that the milk was vomit and there were various human body parts swirling around inside of the vomit cereal bowl our our teacher was like yes very nice (laughs) (laughs) yes very nice yeah. Oh my God. So, so listeners, me and me and Brennan were inside of art together, and one of our tasks that we had to do was to do a drawing every single day, <laughs> and you would put it inside of this sketchbook, and at the end of the year, you'd hand it in, and the, you'd get a mark on it for your participation, and if it looked like you put in some effort, right? And some kids would leave this to the very last minute uh, and do it all the night before it was due at the end of the year, which um, seems which I've done before. Yeah, it's like 150 drawings. <laughs> but this year I actually wanted to put in some effort. So I just thought of a theme I would do every single day. And the theme that I decided was, as Brennan said, flipping the script. I would take the ideas of random objects and imagine if they had human qualities and that humans were acting as them. <laughs> And I came up with some very, very messed up drawings. Did you, did you have a human in <laughs> an icebox at some point? I, I, a snow cone? Oh my god, what was I that? think I, I, had a, I, had a, I had a snow cone. I, I think I had an ice cream guy. I, I think one of the worst ones I did was, uh, um, as pretty self-explanatory, a pencil oh. sharpener. <laughs> the pencil sharpener was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> On my final exam, I drew one uh, as well, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It was a, I th- I believe it was a piece of paper, or like a, or like a pencil ripping a human page. Ugh. Ugh. You know, I just thought of good. an anthropo- an anthropomorphized sweater or a pair of pants, taking a hangnail from a human, and peeling it and putting it into a sewing machine. And having the sewing machine pull the hangnail so it pulls the person's skin okay. like, in, a th- okay. in a thread-like 
in a thread-like oh. manner until it just goes around and Why, around and around and the person just <laughs> rips, rips all of this is too spooky, all of the skin bro. off the human uh, october I and guess then it's very makes fun. a piece of clothing oh out of God. human skin that's been woven oh. or or take a human and put Dude, them in a cotton candy like, machine of the lambs. so they so they melt <laughs> <laughs> well okay listen i don't know if we can talk about this but there was a a, a serial killer that did something kind of. We're like gonna that. label this one as explicit, yeah, guys. Yeah, this, this one is one. for adult adults <laughs> only. There was a dude that immature adults. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean the woman suit one, but this dude he, he would make like lamps out of like skin, like. Oh, oh god. god. Yeah, I think lamps? I've heard about yeah. this. Oh god. Okay, wait, wait, the lamp. Just... Oh. <laughs> Man. I've heard that. I heard that someone had made a belt out okay, of just like human chain. skin, but uh, pants. I heard a uh, pants too. Why? Quinn, what did, Why? what did, uh, what did our art teacher say about your your drawings at the end of the term? I'm really curious. Did she say anything? I don't remember her saying anything, although she might have. But what I do remember is quite comical. It is that she took home all of the sketchbooks <laughs> that the students handed in on the due date to mark them naturally, as a teacher would do. But her family had she had a daughter who was like in elementary school like just like a young kid oh, and no. she was looking through like all of these like art journals that were piled up when the teacher was marking them and she found mine and she really enjoyed it she thought it was really cool <laughs> and she just that's it and i was just like that young kid just thought it was cool i'm like oh my god like <laughs> like so did weird. i take this like young child's like Innocence brain <laughs> yeah but up. apparently she liked it that's what that's what um the, our art teacher t told me she was just like yeah she liked it and i was like oh awesome <laughs> one, one day i'm glad she liked walk it into it, class with like a skin lamp and be like i've been inspired this is no, my new work no, <laughs> no. Oh, oh, if that God. happened i'd be like what have i created <laughs> no, i don't think it would be directly for me i mean hopefully not goddamn <laughs> just imagine like being being a Part of, like imagine going to the police and the police are like oh we're sorry ma'am like your your <laughs> your husband i'm not even i don't i don't even i want to like de dehumanize it so like your your nondescript family member was was found dead uh you, we're, we're gonna have to make arrangements yeah. um yeah we're gonna have, you're gonna have to do some paperwork they're gonna be like oh can i see the body and the police no. officer's just gonna be like no <laughs> or it'd be better no you, no you can't <laughs> No, miss, I mean, miss, no. Knock, you knock. physically can, but you don't want to. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Be like, miss, miss, I have bad news. No, God, your doctor's yeah. been turned into a lamp. Your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doctor. <laughs> your doctor lamp. That'd be news. So then, the, so then the, mo the mother goes like on a like tracks down the killer because they ha the killer hasn't been found yet. The mother tracks down the killer and turns them into a lamp. <laughs> That's the poetic bro, justice. Turns them into what? The turns them into this, bro. Turns them into a light bulb. Turns them into candles. <laughs> turns them into a turns them into a drum set, and then like no, 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 no that's that's my point. <laughs> drum set. Uh, 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 mm, turns their bones into like a, like a flute. Did you touch my all human drum set? What the heck? <laughs> God, oh my God. <laughs> this took a turn. This took a turn. This is disturbing. <laughs> Sure. But it is October, uh, so like, I guess. Yeah. Uh. So, listeners, uh, what are your plans for Halloween? Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You're inviting them? Oh, do, that you, do you guys like think that Halloween's time. gonna happen this year? Like, Dude. like in your in your, I, I went for a walk the other day, and I noticed that uh, 
a quite significant number of houses were still decorated for Halloween. So I'm hoping that something happens because, like, the concept like of Halloween children is not going really... out? You want Honestly, the con- like, if, as long as everyone wears masks, they're already they're already going to wear masks because, you know, it's Halloween. But so, you know, and as long as everyone's going to clean the candy. It's the candy now. Like, you're handing, handing well, candy. Yes, out. but as long as people hand out candy that was clean from the box and they wash their hands like a regular human being, then that won't be... Uh, a significant vector of like content okay, of but, uh, infection. Johnny, would you trust your kid to get candy from like a person you don't a know during this time? Honestly, Brandon, a kid probably already has COVID at, at this point. <laughs> like a, any random kid probably has. He, he went out early. A COVID, COVID in the body. He just knocked on the one sick person in his neighborhood and just got COVID. That sucked. That would that would just suck. That <laughs> that's just a uh, man. Well, your if, probability if the, was just not in your like favor. if. <laughs> If someone who was, was handing out candy was sick and didn't know and the candy was infected, right? That goes into Oh shit, that goes into all the kids every yeah, every single kid that gets exactly, that gets candy dude. from them. It's insane. Yeah, and like well, yeah. even if even if Jonathan would put his mm. trust in a kid to get like candy from a stranger, I doubt that the well, average you, parent you would put, as far as put, I understand. You have them. to put the, you have to put trust in the in the person handing out the candy, not the kids. The kids don't it doesn't matter what the kids do. The kids aren't going to infect anyone if they no, have masks. No, that's exactly the- that's exactly what I think people don't have trust in and as a result won't send their kids out. Although, I well, mean- I know I have trust in myself and my ability to give out candy that's clean. So if kids do want candy from me, I will give it to them. But yeah, I understand like I think I think in small towns there's there's more of a chance that people are going to be trick or treating, but I know in Toronto, no. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, there might Toronto. Be people no. walking down the Do people street. People live in trick or regularly in Toronto. I don't even know the the trick or treat culture uh, of Toronto anyway. So okay, so I live in an apartment building, right? Like yeah. So what what happened last year? Uh, they didn't. No one. Well, I think they come to our bottom door, but because it's not like open to the public, and they don't like they don't live here. Because I know that kids that live in like big apartment complexes just trick or treat throughout their apartment, and go to like each apartment. Yeah, building. yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds um, that sounds pretty but cool. But because my like, there's no kids in my building, and like. It's it's a reasonably small apartment. Like, yeah, we probably have kids come to the front door, but I, even then, I don't give candy to children. Like, if I don't <laughs> have to, like that's not my <laughs> mo. Either then, I'm not gonna give candy to child. Fuck, I don't. I'm not gonna Go give to candy the park, to kids. Start throwing candy at people. Yeah, I feel like back at back at home, it's a lot more reasonable. Yeah, like you might get a couple kids, but I don't know. I could see a couple kids trick or treating, but. Man, I yeah. think people are just too scared right now. I think it's probably not going to happen. Well, uh, elementary schools are in full run, like, in person. And yeah. high schools are on that, like, side to side. Which, yeah. uh, by the way, what do you guys think about that? Like, do, Would you enjoy high school as having only one subject for 21 days? Yeah. And then you yeah. take the exam on that subject and it's done? Um, and you go on to the next one? Would you it enjoy It would depend that? on the teacher I had. Because... I, I know, like some teachers, if I had to listen to them for like, a month, for five. Okay, hours well, let's a say day. let's say your grade twelve year, whatever teachers you if, had. Oh then, my god! You, imagine you, you had, had, imagine you had the worst math teacher you can imagine at our the high school that we all went to, mm-hmm. for twenty one days with no no other teacher. I've never had him though. <laughs> Quinn would oh, Quinn would like him because I feel like they they operate on. Brennan, what what are your uh, just if I it de- would depend on the teacher. My brother is still in high school, right? And he like. He mm-hmm. took physics. He got a 90 in physics. And, like, I Ooh. did so rough. I had such a rough go in physics. I got destroyed. So now I'm like, man, I honestly feel like I would have done better. But the the physics teacher is amazing. So, like. Yeah, I would love that class for 21 days, man. Yeah. 
I feel like I feel like there's a disadvantage to it though yeah. for physics because physics is like you need time yeah to absorb some of this stuff inside of physics and inside of such a short like time span it feels like it would be very overwhelming for a child that wasn't grasping oh, yeah. onto the concepts sure. very quickly but one of the funny things my brother told me is like i was like so the art kids must be loving it they got a full month to like just mess around and do art. <laughs> And he's like, no, those are the guys that are going the craziest because they, they're not doing anything all day. And they're like, they just come to school and they don't do anything. They just goof around and they're like nuts. They're like, they got no structure. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. They've gotten, they've gotten even worse. They're even more monkey. They're even more ape-like yeah, than before. They literally just go, they throw shit on the, around the hall. The they scream, like, they screech, they fight, they, just, they bite each other. They started splatter painting the walls because the kids just got so bored of paper. They're just like throwing paint at everything. That'd be sick. <laughs> that would be that, that sounds cool like for me like i think brennan knows why like i would just love to have an art class for listen, 21 listen, days when, of just nothing I, but art class when i fail my career as an architect and become a teacher okay an art teacher <laughs> i will invite you quinn <laughs> and we will splatter paint the walls <laughs> Let's do it. yeah you know if okay if, or we could just you know like wait till any of us get our own place that we actually can paint and then one person could just paint the paint paint one, one one like an art room or an office or whatever white before there's any furniture in it, and then we could just go in with a bunch of different colors and splatter the splatter on the walls. That'd be nuts. Jonathan, Jonathan, okay, and Brennan, what if you were a teacher at high school? Like, uh, which one would you be? Like, what subject or any position at high school? If you were like one of the administrative positions, that philosophy. Oh yeah, totally yeah. philosophy. Yeah, but you, if your philosophy, like, I don't think you're only teaching philosophy at high school though. That you have um, to be teaching other social sciences, right? I th- there were there used to be a philosophy class. Well, before, no, I'm uh, saying even if you have a philosophy class, you're not going to be teaching philosophy be like all day every day. You have to teach other courses. Oh, I have to. Yeah, so how many courses do I have to pick? Well, if you choose like us, if you choose philosophy, that means you got to like also choose like social science like courses. But if you chose physics or philosophy, bio or chem, you could be just a chem teacher. But I, I feel like so I'd, philosophy, I'd teach, you'd have I'd to teach choose philosophy multiple. and sociology. That's that's dope. I, if I had Jonathan as my teacher for those classes, like Biology? that sounds wild. <laughs> um, I'd probably choose like uh, film and media, to be honest. Oh, oh that's a good choice. I would be a dope teacher. I would be like mixing the sound. I would be doing. I would teach them everything, bro. I would show them how to become. Show them the world. Okay, you know our. We would remake Interstellar would be fucking lit it's already lit it's already we have medias (laughs) we have medias and stuff covered down like i would uh all i would try legitimately to get like i i would do physics a hundred percent but i would also do art a hundred percent yeah so like so either one i'd be happy with and i'm just playing around right now with the idea in my mind of like both because that would be stupidly good for me although being the chemistry teacher would be fucking awesome because you could just screw around or being the bio teacher? Oh my! See, oh, that'd be cool yeah, too. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Jonathan, I I thought you were gonna say bio. <laughs> okay, see, John. doing it and teaching it is two separate things. Talking, discussing the concepts involved in terms of like teaching is like yeah, yeah, talking yeah. to the students and you're 100 percent right. And, yeah. you know, like that seems more fun. Looking at it through philosophy and sociology, in terms of practicality, biology is more fun. But in terms of just like talking about it, I think. Being an art teacher could be incredibly, like, exhausting, but also incredibly enriching if you were able to connect with the kids. Because, like, there are so many kids that take that class that are just, like, 
so not driven. But if you are able to mm-hmm. get them excited, like, because I've seen, my, we had a like pretty good art teacher. Like when those kids that don't usually do things start doing them, and you're like, "Damn, man, that's pretty, pretty nice." You know, you don't. You yeah, I can it. imagine that too. Try convincing someone that biology is actually cool would be fucking yeah. would be would be transcendental. Would be a transcendental experience. I'd be like, "I right, you see these bacteria in this petri dish? <laughs> don't look too closely." <laughs> They're gonna be like, "What?" I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They'll start giving you the finger. <laughs> no, I meant like it's anthrax. Because an- <laughs> I remember there was one kid who who sat beside me in art, and he he never did anything really. And then like I, Quinn, you remember this kid? He would use um whiteout to draw like do super interesting looking oh, art. Oh man, would, yeah. And it was like nuts. Yeah. It looked like like glob art, and it. W- I think it just started because he didn't have a pencil, and he he's like, "Can I use your whiteout?" And he just started painting with whiteout. It was it was very cool. The more I think about so it, the more cool. it might actually be more fun to be a biology teacher because I get to be like, "Guys, students, <laughs> did you know that we that every current living organism has a common ancestor, and we are all connected? We are all family. <laughs> We're vibing, guys. Think oh, about God, it. Think cringy. about the extreme improbability. Vibes, I'm out of the class. What'd you say? As soon as you say vibes, cringe, I'm out of the class. No, I'm you're, you're also like a 40-year-old person at this point, okay? You can't say it. Yeah, I was imagining Jonathan, 40 years old, going like... Fine. Class, class. Imagine. Imagine <laughs> this. voice is deeper now. All organisms on the planet that are currently alive have a common ancestor. We're all family. Think about it. Why can't we Man, get along? Mr. Feltrin, that's a cool <laughs> idea. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're, maybe they won't think about it. Maybe, maybe they won't think it's interesting. <laughs> if I was the biology teacher, just be like, "Hello, class. Today we're going to talk about how we're talking about evolution. Every organism currently alive on the planet has a common ancestor. Think about that. We're all family. We're all cousins." Okay, Jonathan, would you go above the scope of the course? Yes, I would totally go above the scope of the course. I'd be like, "Listen, guys, how much do you think genetics actually affects our behavior in life?" Some scientists believe that it's a majority. <laughs> Some scientists believe genetics affect your neurochemistry, the average neurochemistry that you experience across the majority of your life, which affects your perception, <laughs> your reaction to stimuli, which basically means who you are. Although, <laughs> that will not be the same for any two people because of this thing called epigenetics. As you live, your environment changes, your very DNA. Some scientists are baffled by this concept and Frankly, I am too. This is really weird. Oh, dude, you be that teacher. A kid asks you a question and be like, uh, Mr. Feltrin, how does this work? And you'd be like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, guys, that, that, now we're going to go anthrax. <laughs> here's your life goal, kid. <laughs> it's right in front of you. No one else, actually. Maybe you should go become a scientist to figure it out. <laughs> that's so mean no jonathan jonathan's the type of teacher to just be like what do you mean you don't understand (laughs) it makes sense it's right there what do you mean what do you mean you don't understand the evolution (laughs) australopithecus equals (laughs) homo erectus equals homo sapiens equals modern homo sapiens what's not to understand timmy look at a fossil you idiot Look at this fossil! You can't, what do you mean how you can you deny evolution when there's a fucking fossil in front of you, idiot? No, 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 yo, Jonathan, you have to talk to um, the religion teacher who doesn't believe in oh evolution. Oh my god! Can we can we go back to to high school? Just you talk to them. 
Oh my god. And he's just like, this is why they burned witches like you and that conversation. Head. I'm gonna be like, hey. We'll just end up in flames. Look at this book. It's called The Origin of Species. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's called Please. The Origin of Species. It's by my main man, Darwin. Okay, so. Hey, uh. <laughs> Can I? Miss Miss X, can we, you and I please take a trip to the Miss, the Smithsonian? We're, basically, I'm going to show you the fossil record for the past millions of years. Can we? Can I take you to the Burgess Shale? Do you know what the, I, what Burgus is the Burgus Shale, Shale is? You know what the Burgess Shale? Is? It it has like it has like this like crazy like old fossil. Oh like, yeah, is it like a is it like it's a like, like a stupid? Is it like an archive old. of fossils? It's like one of the, the first like organisms we think like ever. Yeah. yeah. Is the Burgess Shale like, a fossil archive like in, this the, big, in Europe um, somewhere? No, no, the Burgess Shale is like a geological oh, okay, formation. Oh, okay, that makes sense, because shale is a rock. Sort of this so deep yeah, crevice or like some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd be like that cool parent that no one actually likes. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, Brennan, that, I, it sounds like you're projecting. People people do actually like you, Brennan, don't worry. <laughs> See, this is the problem. <laughs> I've realized something. Like, I don't think when 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 I would meet people, like I don't think they get a good impression of me the first time. I, I really don't. Hey, think Brennan, so. if that's the case for you, I can only imagine what people sure? think about me. Frankly, honest, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think that's just in your. I think that's all <laughs> okay. in your head, Brennan. So, so if I'm leading a <laughs> class of students, okay, it might be in my head, but I, I think it would be great to like actually encourage students to have some fun because okay. I'm gonna explain something that's kind of deeper. Um, when I. One of the reasons I started going into art and architecture is because, like, there was a point in um, when I think I was in, I think, grade 12 art um, or grade 11, maybe. Halfway through the semester, a lot of my works were trying to be super realistic and make a ton of sense and be, like, perfect. And then there was, like, this weird change of mind that I had where I, I started seeing things everywhere as just, like, un like just beautiful pieces of art and this sounds ridiculous doesn't sound ridiculous my perception my perception changed and i was able to make way better art because suddenly i wasn't uh really trying to recreate reality i was trying to recreate what i saw like the emotional intent behind it so like and that kind of drives when i when i make architecture like i'm able to kind of come up with these explanations that seem to come Mm. from like a different place than reality and that's kind of like one of my core beliefs because it, it's it's har- very hard to explain, but it makes everything so much easier when it comes to doing art because suddenly everything you do, no matter how weird it looks or how bad other people may think it is, suddenly to you it means something. Mm-hmm. And it's creating that piece which is good on a level for other people and for you that is like true mastery of that skill. It's like mastering mm-hmm. your perception to a point where other people look at it and say, damn, that's genius because he's mastered the way he looks at the world. And if you can teach a kid that, like, I mean, that it's extremely difficult. Yeah. But it's very possible because kids are taught that, like, you can't draw a stick person yeah. that looks like shit. But yeah. why not, dude? Like, it's still art on some weird plane. And that, because when you start, when you take away that boundary, suddenly you start to get these weird things happening all around you of just, terrible maybe realistic art but beautiful thoughtful pieces and like it sounds like bs and i know a lot of people think it is but when you're when you're young and you're learning i think it can have a profound effect on how you perceive everything just information Mm -hmm. brennan that 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 story that explanation 
that makes me think of dancing. Yeah. Dancing. It, it, it relates to everything. I yeah. Think. It relates to, I guess, all art forms. Yeah, of course. But it made me think of dancing specifically because that concept of like, you're you're like translating your experience into the into the art rather than just like trying to recreate yeah you know, a, a certain style of yeah, art yeah, or yeah. Like a certain like achieve realism or whatever rather than doing any of that just flow expressing expressing your your perception and experience through yeah. the art and like in terms of, in terms of dancing it's like how can you move your body in a way that that communicates how, how you're experiencing oh, yeah. reality in yeah. the moment. How, how that that communicates your perception of reality and your emotional state and your 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 just your just state of existence and state of being yeah. in that moment. And in that way, it's like there's no there's no bad dancing because dancing is just like dancing is just an but, not even an attempt. It's like an innate uh, just uh, performance of of what yeah. you're experiencing and what you're, what you're also, feeling it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. interesting and there's also this this other part to it it's like you have to have a certain level of honesty with yourself to be able to put that out there mm-hmm. you have to be able to say yeah. yeah this might be shit but it's full effort it's everything that's inside of me and that which relates that, to the really? some people not being yeah, able yeah, to yeah. dance some people are oh, just yeah, like oh i can't dance i refuse to dance it's like mastering the idea of what you want to see it's like it can that's why i think art can be critiqued because i think it can be critiqued on a on a level of like giving advice to someone who's still learning at something to get technically better mm-hmm. and then be able to execute what they see in their mind better but it al- it's also a skill yeah. to translate that part too that perception and that takes time to gain like that's it's very I hard, feel like difficult in a way critiquing yeah. them could help them just be more honest yeah. with themselves like how oh, honest yeah. is this person how how accepting well, of their current yeah experience is that you can you can I see mean, that through through the yeah. art they produce and like, you'll see that like in a classroom some kids are super technically gifted and but they're just not very honest with themselves so they draw like trees and they're beautiful trees but like wh- why why are you doing that like they're doing it on a technical level but they're really not doing it for a deeper mm-hmm. uh, yeah feeling. Yeah. and sometimes you don't need a deeper feeling that's the other thing right it's just being honest with what you want to create um, yeah Sometimes the view, the viewer can extrapolate oh, yeah, a dude. feeling. I, think I guess that's what most of us do in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I I think I kind of disagree with like yeah. a small like thing for you, Brennan. Like, I don't think you need to be honest with yourself. I think that it can work like for like many people. Like, I guess in in the sense uh, of how you're saying, like yeah. that makes sense because obviously it works for you, right? But for me, uh, it's like it's kind of the opposite for me i feel like i i feel as if when i get into doing something creative and like i'm usually quite passionate like inside of anything that i do that's like um, yeah i guess you consider artistic i i th- like brennan i i feel like brennan like has a good perspective oh, yeah. on me for this because i've been around yeah. him a lot when i've done like random art stuff but um i just i get really enthralled into it but i'm not i'm not being honest with yeah. myself about the product i'm having full faith in myself that I will come to make something to the best of my ability and that something will look beautiful and it'll have meaning. And I don't need to, I'm in, in essence, I'm being like uh, dishonest with myself because like if, if I wanted to look at it from an, an honest perspective considering evaluating the quality of my art, I may come to the conclusion that like, if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to make mistakes yeah. and I'm not going to end up with what yeah. I want. Yeah, I agree with that. You're right. And I, I think that's maybe the weird paradoxal thing with it it's like being able to just do it like to be 
maybe not on like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if honesty is the best word for it but just um, yeah maybe another word i i like the idea yeah, that i have like full I think faith in myself good, do you yeah, think that would like it, work it's yeah no that is a very good idea because honesty implies that you can be wrong acceptance I, maybe acceptance self-acceptance and confidence uh the the belief that your current state is is one expressible and two acceptable yeah confidence and acceptance we need a word that has both of those the more that someone's identity has evolved the easier they are able to represent things in within the art world like if you look at like mm-hmm. uh like picasso's first couple works it was extremely beautiful realistic art but it didn't really like it it was nowhere near what he ended up producing because he grew to see something in himself or mm-hmm. in the world around him that was like completely different than what he saw before. And I don't know if that yeah. requires, maybe that requires accepting that you make mistakes and you screw up and they can still be beautiful. Or maybe it's just being honest yeah. with what you want to put on the page. But then it takes a level of just fuck it, of just lying to yourself and saying that the faith is there. So <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's a tricky, it's yeah. a paradox, I think. But Actually, Brandon, I was like, I'm thinking about, and away from the context of art, I feel like what you just explained applies a lot to just people trying new things inside of uh, anything inside of your life. Yeah, and this is the grander, the grander. If you take a look at things inside of your life that you would like to try, you may be on a path of not accepting that they're like not wanting to do it at all. I can relate this easily to food. They say that there's just this type of food that you've never tried before. And some people say it's good and some people don't. And you've never tried it, but you just tell yourself you you wouldn't like it or that you don't want to have it. You just never want to try it. Yeah. And yeah. in that same aspect of what Brandon you said, like when you're doing art, sometimes you need to just take that leap of faith and you'll end up somewhere better over time. Like Picasso ended up ending up better. He didn't know he'd end up like that good. And I... I hopefully hopefully he knew he was good but either way when you're trying (laughs) something when you're trying something new man just sometimes you got to just send it because you don't know what it's gonna lead you to and maybe this comes to like another another belief in yourself that like everything is what it is like whatever you're making it is what it is oh it's like it's yeah like it's not gonna change like this is how everything is is it's meant to be i'm just gonna keep making stuff and people can like it people cannot like it it is it, whatever it happens is what happens is. and this is sera, like, sera. yeah it is like a, a core belief that i've kind of tried to cultivate over time because i feel like there's this weird like when you're hopeful for things you can be disappointed by the results but if you're not hoping for anything and you're just kind of letting things happen the results don't matter as much like but the hope I know some people find like hope is what keeps them going. What what motivates them to be like do better is the hope that one day they'll be recognized and they'll see a lot of things. But there's another mm-hmm. value behind that, which is just doing it to do it, like no other mm-hmm. reason. And it, it's like a deeper, a deeper. Um, I don't even know if it's appreciation. It's just moving forward, I guess. Well, Brandon, do you find that free will? Uh, affects your perspective on enjoying art um or mm, creation of art ooh, yes well mm, it's 
this is why criticizing and critiquing and thinking about art is so damn difficult because like I did this project on Van Gogh where we had to take like an image and then um, make like a lot of different like collage it so it had like a political meaning or like a social political meaning and I took this had to be Van Gogh uh, no it could have been anyone but I picked Van Gogh because like I'm really captured by his story which is like kind of typical for a white dude like me to be captured by Van Gogh but the idea of like, okay, so I came to the conclusion that although we try to know exactly why Van Gogh made the art the w- way he did, like because of his mental illness, uh, we never truly know why he did it. He could have been completely sane. And like my collage was Tim Van Gogh. still cut off his ear? He, hey, listen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sanity is an illusion, Brennan. We've already, we've already. Yes, we've established. This. We've established sanity. Is so an I, I printed out fourteen different parts of uh, one of his self-portraits, and I inter- I laid them out so that his head was like a circle, like, not, okay, that sounds stupid, but his head <laughs> had a hole in the center, and there was a circle around it, and then in the center I put a question mark, and then duct taped it, and then I, I made it uh, look okay. like no matter what. We, we really have no idea. And this is kind of like the mysticism, the idea of, like, adding spiritual meaning to things. Like, we truly don't yes. know. Like, we can be as realistic and logical as we want, but there's always things that happen and things that don't happen, which just lead to other things. And it's I think this is called existentialism. But that's well, that's a different topic. It can be it can be more than it can be more than just that considering mysticism or yeah. sorry, mystic like belief inside of the universe, because um, you can not only take the mm, I guess you could say butterfly effect of actions causing other action actions to happen or events causing other events. You yeah. can also think about it from the aspect of if you see two birds flying alone in the sky, you can disregard it as an option you could think to yourself well this is just a logical thing to happen birds are flying over inside of the sky birds fly that's natural this is all just me yeah. observing the universe the universe is uh nothing more than uh, an object that i observe i'm the thing that quantifies everything so yeah that's just two birds or you could think about it is are the is this the universe giving me a symbol yeah two birds have flown over my head what does this mean what is the universe and, trying to tell yeah. me is, is this some sort of conscientious or a conscious? There's like a hope there, con- right? There's like yeah. a, a, well, a, a, a want for faith or something. Well, that's like, that's like, I think that's on the border of like, like wanting faith. But the full like thing would be if you believed that you were a subject within a subject. Yeah, I think, that's the tip- I think that's the, that's how to describe it. Super, well, I think yeah, it's just, it's very- I, I think it's what I said. I think it's that you're a subject within a subject, meaning that you are something that is experiencing emotion or an array of various different things, but you're living within a world that is also experiencing things yeah. like you, like it has everything like, like and that. And you almost have to just give into it. You have to let it take you where it takes you and not like, fight yeah. It. Yeah. You can't force yourself to have any like conceptions about how exactly. you're interpreting things prior to it being like, it, it just, uh, yeah. Learning to let loose and like, just, interact with things inside of that perspective yeah. and just come to the right i could not right conclusion but just the i guess it is the right conclusion whatever the whatever conclusion the universe yeah. gets you to come to but right i can see yeah. i can see how someone might think that they 
understand that but like not actually like do it based off of what you just said Brandon. yeah it's because it's like you could like think about you could think about something i don't know what were you gonna say i don't have a proper <laughs> it it's a really confusing thing right because like you you, mm-hmm. you think that we don't have free will and then you're like do we have free will and then <laughs> yeah free will plays a big part yeah. truthfully it's like a very very weird mix a duality of both in a just way. a disclaimer like, listeners um you might think that we are just philosophers uh pontificating postulating about meaningless things that no scientist cares about but actually yeah. <laughs> in the scientific community no there is no consensus when it comes to free will and people do continually investigate that so that that's just yeah. a disclaimer you guys continue to talk about what you're talking about so like my my philosophy okay that sounds really really strange to say but my philosophy about life is like basically things are what they are like people are who they are like things aren't going to drastically change it's kind of based on stoicism i think a fair amount like and so you just i haven't heard have that to, stoicism you guys aren't you guys aren't it's a kind of like buddhism um it's like just like we have a lack of control in our lives and recognizing that we have that lack of control and then accepting it and being okay when things happen to us that are bad and being like, uh, it's just another thing that happened and then keep moving on. Oh, yeah. And I've, it, I've, I've yeah, already adopted it then. <laughs> really, yeah, it's just very powerful. But like sometimes it is good to like have a good cry, get emotional about things. Like I don't think that's wrong <laughs> at all. And I, I think like it, it's okay to just just live and like keep learning. I think that's the most important part of life is to just keep having experiences. And if they're good or bad, it doesn't make a difference as long as you're still having them and gaining something from it. And it, especially in art, like that really helps. Like, like when you're getting critiqued by a panel of like architects who know exactly what they've done, they have careers, they're like s- really solid, like smart people. And you just get all like, destroyed by them on a panel like you put up your little little piece of art you're standing in front of it or your piece of like a, a drawing and you you have it on that wall and everyone else is looking at it and you're like oh god what are they thinking and then you explain you put out your best perception of what you have of the project of the assignment and then you get like terminated you get like <laughs> destroyed they just say Decimated. things to you that dematerialized like, disintegrated yeah, and you put so much of yourself, and this you get is like vitiated. You get eviscerated. <laughs> you put so much work into this project of yourself. It represents you. It is you. And they're just like, yeah, you should have made a video instead of a. Drawing. And then they just go and vitiate you. Like you, they that. just, just <laughs> they chop off your head. They string you up. They leave you to dry. They turn you into a lamp. It's the whole process. It just never stops. And like, you you have to learn to accept that like. That happens, like, and it is so painful because it happens in all parts of life. I th- when you ever you put your best foot forward, failure, failure, right? Like, it happens, and it hurts, yeah. and it scares you. It doesn't make you want to go back, but just keep I'll, going. I don't back. think it scares everyone. I think it's frustrating when you don't have anyone to blame for. Yeah, you cannot identify a reason for the way that things are. Like, yeah, and you don't have for anyone. What to, went wrong or anything? Yeah, you, 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 you don't know why something yourself. went wrong. You don't know why, like, you're feeling a certain way. You don't know why. Um, you can't do. You don't know why you find yourself incapable of doing something that you that you what you want to do. Any of those things. Whenever there's there's not a 
a scapegoat whenever there's not something that you can blame i feel like that's a, that's very frustrating or like, when just it's feeling like you feel yeah and you talk about not blaming yourself but sometimes you know not everyone's a stoic not everyone's perfect you end up blaming yourself and like i don't know if this is a philosophy but like it's okay like just everything like everything dude <laughs> it's such a it's such an overarching idea but it, it, it's so important in like every part of your life like it, it's okay you know what i mean i agree with yeah. that i i was gonna bring up um last time like when we um when we lost our episode but i was gonna bring this up um you know how um, i don't know if uh, you guys watched all of rick and morty <laughs> yeah uh, i haven't watched I the most latest season before. but i've seen everything before that yeah um uh, there's like this one episode where they are i i think it's on the latest season so maybe jonathan doesn't know but um uh rick and morty are on this planet and the planet has a alien creatures that just declare glorzo is peace glorzo is like everything all is glorzo and it's just like it's just you put the it's almost as if glorzo means like god like in our context but they just everybody wholeheartedly believes in glorzo and nobody knows what glorzo is it's just it's just everybody says it and everybody follows their life like that and i was just and it was it was so weird because in relation to what we've been talking about it's kind of like this one aspect that everybody just kind of believes in and it's just to the benefit of everybody. So like when Jonathan, you were just saying like, oh, like you're not knowing uh, or like doubting like decisions that you've made or, or not knowing about things. <laughs> if you just like, if even having something as abstract as Glorzo is peace, where you just constantly think to yourself, you know what? It's just Glorzo's way. Like this is just <laughs> Glorzo's path yes. and, and all is Glorzo. I don't know. I will be, I, I will be peace for the rest of my life me. because of Glorzo. <laughs> Maybe you just have, maybe you just be better off, even though Glorzo just is like fictitious, very fictitious. Um, then you, maybe you'll just be better off. That, that is, yeah. Glorzo is peace, man. Just, you know, everything's that, Glorzo. Yeah. It's faith or something. I, I see, faith, it gives you something people, <laughs> out of nothing. Pe- yeah. People are like, faith, God doesn't exist. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to call myself an atheist, but I, I kind of align with that. But, there is something in having faith that does make life easier and we kind of talked about this on the last the lost uh the lost episode i guess yeah yeah but i but i also presented the idea that you know like not necessarily having faith and believing in things based on evidence can still give you purpose because you could be your purpose could be to you know yeah find answers to questions based on based on what you can observe and based on what you know It, and it's extremely up to the individual too, right? Like yeah, some yeah. people are going to be like immediately predisposed to doing or seeing. Things I think it's safe to say that way. most people are inherently superstitious and inherently faith oriented, yeah. faith faithful. I guess. Yeah. That sometimes sometimes that leads to <laughs> people who are people who can see past that taking advantage of people who can't. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it leads to people leaving positive lives it, it's just just the way that it is i guess and yeah and it's like it's just and that's it <laughs> but but i don't know like maybe maybe in theory we will advance as a society and evolve as a species uh to the point of not having faith to the point of believing in things based on physical phenomenon and have and and who knows maybe at this point we'll have answers to questions we can't even dream of now but 
maybe we will get to a point where we don't need faith where we just you know know what we know yeah and know what we don't know and try to figure that out but but yeah I don't know. It's an interesting possibility. It is. It is a very interesting possibility, man. All right, listeners, that's going to be it for today. We hope that you had a good time listening to us. And if you have any thoughts, please feel free to email us or try and get in contact with us somehow so that you can talk to it with us. And uh, we hope that nothing that we said hurt you. And we hope that um, uh, any of the spooky things didn't scare you too much. (laughs) I hope that nothing we said was too disturbing or... Um, for lack of a better word, triggering or, yeah, uh, we will put a disclaimer <laughs> that is yeah. more adequately, uh, descriptive and, and, uh, and put in uh, the description, yeah. warning, spooky content. Hey, listen, I'm excited to be in the first explicit episode. Okay. This is, no, they've all been like, this one is specifically explicit. This one's specifically 18 plus dangerous. Yeah. This takes the, this takes the cake. <laughs> all right. Um, it was great having you, Brennan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking to us. Uh, uh, thank yeah, you, it Brennan. Was, it was a pleasant here, conversation. Was, Very interesting. Awesome. Um, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, you are a core part of this process uh, so I hope you enjoyed and um, maintain hope days can get better things may may maintain stasis but at the end of the day uh, strive for acceptance and and, uh, self love and uh, And optimism for the future fulfillment and this may sound like empty words to you but um, hopefully you can derive some uh, meaning and purpose in life and uh, hopefully you enjoyed us uh, talking about that. Stay frosty. Gloom. Stay frosty. (laughs) Stay frosty. (laughs) Stay frosty. Stay frosty. (laughs) Testing, testing. Awesome. Hello and welcome, listeners. Thanks for listening this far. Um, This is Quinn, post-edit, coming back, looking at the podcast for some very interesting vocabulary words that were said during the podcast. If you want to learn these words or see if you know them, please continue listening. Otherwise, I encourage you to check out our other episodes. They weren't all as coarse as this one was, so enjoy your day regardless. And if you're staying, thank you. Let's uh, get to these vocabulary words. I think that it's very important for anyone to build their vocabulary. Uh, You can seem smarter in conversations. uh, You can better express yourself. uh, But never hesitate to explain the words. And uh, always, I think that you should use words that you know the meaning of as well. Uh, Hopefully keep that in mind. So our first word here is spaghettification, which I don't think is particularly an actual word. But on Wikipedia, it it describes it mm, quite literally intensely. Spaghettification is the vertical stretching and horizontal compression of objects into long, thin shapes in a very strong, non-homogeneous gravitational field. Uh, Forgive me if I pronounced homogeneous wrong, but I have some understanding as to what a non-homogeneous gravitational field, my word, that's a mouthful. If you didn't know what that is, uh, it is a gravitational field that is not constant or that its properties are changing. Uh, It has a shape and uh, different strengths in different areas. Uh, I 
don't know if I explained that very well. But regardless, spaghettification is cool to look up because it has very interesting images. And if you didn't know this word, well, next time you and your buddies are talking about black holes, you can bring this one up. The next word was said by Jonathan. Uh, this word is tenet, T-E-N-E-T, -E -E not tenent. Uh, as someone living somewhere, this word means a principle or belief, especially one of the main principles of a religion or philosophy. So the next time that you're discussing a viewpoint or a worldview, please try and sneak this word in. Great word said by Jonathan. Another word said by Jonathan is antinatalism, which was explained during the podcast, but it's the philosophical position that assigns negative value to birth, but it's also known as a social movement from Wikipedia here as well. And um, if you forget what that means, maybe re-listen to what we had to say about it, or just look it up for yourself. Uh, a cool, cool word regardless. Another word we have here said by Brennan this time is nihilistic. He said this shortly after antinatalism was introduced, and it means rejecting all religious or and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. And I have a quote from Brennan during the podcast. He said, life isn't worth living, so why continue it? And that's a pretty good summation of this idea in my limited understanding of it. A very important one for you to take your own viewpoint on. The next word is transcendental. And this means relating to a spiritual or non-physical realm. And the next word ties in very well to transcendental. Uh, take it as you will for the word transcendental. But the word mysticism means uh, the experience of mystical union or direct communion with ultimate reality reported by mystics. Um, there's a second definition here, but uh, regardless... If you believe in mysticism, it is an arguable idea because not everyone believes that you can have a transcendental experience. So uh, you're going to have to think about that one for yourself. What's your position on that? Do you think mysticism is real? The next word said by Jonathan is pontificate. I like this one. It's interesting. It means express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous and dogmatic. I don't even know what the word pompous means, but the next time somebody's annoying you with expressing their opinion, tell them to stop pontificating. Eh, that would be an interesting one to sneak into a conversation, to say the least. The next word was said by Brenham, uh, Brennan, and the word is stoicism, and I cannot do this one justice. Uh, I can't explain the entire thing of this. Uh, the definition from Google says the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint but easily seen in the second definition from google there's a lot more to stoicism than just that but that is a good general idea of it i presume so uh, an interesting one for you to look up and read on i definitely encourage that uh, the next and last word we have for you is vitiate, uh, spelt V-I-T-I-A-T-E. And this one is to spoil or impair the quality or efficiency of, uh, I think the way we were using it is arguable, but regardless, if anybody is stopping you from doing your work as fast as you normally do it, 
tell them to stop vitiating you. <laughs> and uh, I wonder what type of response you'd get. Anyways, thank you so much for actually listening this far. Uh, enjoy yourself.